Hi, I'm Carolyn. Welcome to Old Maid, a podcast about faithful single life in a very married church. Today we meet Amanda, a retired teacher whose journey took her from the small farming community of Blumenort to the jungle of Venezuela, and now back again. Amanda had a lot to say, but she wasn't comfortable talking on mic, so she sent me these answers in writing, and I'll be reading them to you today. All right, so from here on out until the, the outro, these are Amanda's words, not mine. My childhood memories take me back to the farm where I grew up. I was the youngest of six siblings. For as long as I can remember, my mother wasn't well, and consequently, we all learned to do chores both inside and outside from an early age. Cleaning, baking, gardening, canning, even helping in the barn or on the field. At the same time, I have many happy memories of playing dolls with my sister, biking, skating, and as a family, playing ball with our father, and often joining our voices in song. Being the youngest, I became a willing candidate to stay at home with my mom when the others went to church. I remember mother telling me I had quite the ability to play and play alone. Thinking back now, I wonder if those were the beginnings of the Lord preparing me for my future life of singleness. As a child, I just assumed I would grow up to be a farmer's wife someday. But as a teenager, I remember hearing a missionary report from a lady named Helen Lowen who was a teacher for a missionary children in a tribal region somewhere in the world. That report left me with a keen desire to be a missionary someday. As time went on, I also developed a desire to further my education. But since I couldn't decide on a vacation at the time, I enrolled in general studies for my first year of university, thinking I could always transfer to some specific faculty later. During my first year at university, I heard from my brother and sister-in-law of a need for teachers in a jungle school for missionary kids, MKs, in Venezuela. They were on their way to work as missionaries in that country. After I heard of that need, I transferred my credits to the Department of Education, and thus began my 30-year stint as a teacher, mostly to MKs in Venezuela. I didn't realize at the time that this was the very school where Helen Lowen had taught. At first, my parents had their qualms about me going to the jungle as a single gal, The initial agreement was that I would try it for a year. Who knows, after that first year, I might meet a guy with similar interests. My mother told me later that they had become increasingly aware from my letters that year that I was happy and where I needed to be. The first 20 years or so of my missionary career were spent at the compound of a school for MKs located on the banks of the Orinoco River. The first 20 years or so of my missionary career were spent at the compound of a school for MKs. It sat on the banks of the Orinoco River, which served as the border between Venezuela and Colombia. I loved teaching, and I also really enjoyed living near local tribal folks who loved to fellowship with us, especially those who could already converse in Spanish. Many of their young people attended a school upriver where they learned Spanish and had just enough religious exposure that it made them hungry to know more about the Bible and some came to my house asking questions. That became a real motivator for me to become more fluent in Spanish, and as a result, it gave me the wonderful privilege of hosting Bible studies at my house, singing with them, and celebrating graduations, etc., especially during school breaks. Since I was single, I was much more at liberty to have them over and to spend time with them. A few of those young people, now adults, of course, still keep in touch through text, email, or WhatsApp, As time went on, there was increasing awareness of cross-border activity and political rumblings. 
such that it no longer seemed advisable to run a school for MKs in the jungle, so we moved the whole operation to a city in the northern part of the country. There, I was privileged to make friends with several local Latin folks, and enjoyed much of the same, just in a different setting. Again, I considered my singleness as an advantage, since I was free to come and go as I pleased. I found teaching to be a very rewarding experience. I had much to learn myself, and often felt I was learning right along with my students. Every school day included a Bible class, and preparing for that class resulted in my own biblical knowledge growing, and in seeing with my own eyes how the Holy Spirit can help young children understand spiritual truths. Hearing them pray and share requests blessed me again and again. The satisfaction I gained from teaching MKs along with the extracurricular experiences I had with tribal youth and local natives in the city served to make those years as an MK teacher very meaningful for me. I did have times when I felt inadequate for what I was doing, especially when I would fall into the comparison trap. A few times I remember even questioning my decision to be there and to do what I was doing. Who did I think I was, and how did I know that it was the Lord's will for me? One of those times was when a two-week summer course was being offered in Florida for teachers working with students who had learning difficulties. We always had a few students in that category, and our principal felt that our school needed someone with more specialized training in that area. He offered me that opportunity. He knew I had plans to go home for that summer break and suggested I take in the course on my way back. With mixed emotions, I applied and also asked for input from my family. Sometime later, when our pilot brought back supplies and mail from the city, to my surprise, I had five letters of confirmation, my acceptance from Florida, my family's word of support, an encouraging card from a prayer warrior, and an unexpected raise in support funds, the fifth one I can't remember now. Did being a single woman make mission work challenging? Yes. Being a single woman in missions can create challenges, but I felt, for me, they never outweighed the advantages. Among the challenges were things like the following. Traveling alone with several bags, and then, on occasion, needing to find something to eat or use the washroom. Not knowing with whom you would live and having roommates from varied backgrounds. Needing to ask for help when things needed fixing. Our mission men were very considerate and helpful, but one hates to ask too often. Making decisions can be very challenging, and simply seeking advice or accepting advice when I would make unwise choices or whatever. Having to explain my singleness in a culture where such a thing is seen as strange, both by Latins as well as tribal folks. I found them all amazingly accepting, though. Praise the Lord. Like I said, most of the advantages outweighed those challenges, like the following. No family to uproot and care for and worry about. More available time to spend with students or natives during evenings and school breaks. Especially once I was offered an apartment on my own, I enjoyed my independence. To eat whatever or whenever. To have folks in whenever or whoever. Or to come and go as I pleased. All within limits, of course. I am now twice retired. First, I retired from missions in 2006 when many MK families left the country, which actually coincided with the age I knew I would need to make some changes to financially prepare for retirement in Canada. Secondly, I retired this past July from my job as a healthcare aide with home care. I made myself available to continue working on a casual basis, which is proving to keep me fairly busy for now. For further enjoyment, I meet with a group of former co-workers, which we started with the intent of celebrating each of our birthdays in turn. I meet with another smaller group of current co-workers on a weekly basis to watch Bible study DVDs. 
I have also enjoyed keeping in touch with some former clients who seem to appreciate that. Till visitations came to an end in February. I still get text or WhatsApp messages and even the occasional call from friends in Venezuela, which I find satisfying. At present, I am also privileged to help my niece's 12-year-old son with some work on his online homework. They live with me, and I have more time right now than his mother does. One big reason for being convinced that the Lord meant for me to be single is that he never had me meet a guy who seemed like the right one for me. Also, I didn't really see myself as being marriage material. I like my privacy, and I'm a light sleeper. I don't enjoy cooking and never had had the desire to have my own children. In my way of thinking, the Lord simply planted in me a desire to be involved in missions in whatever way he chose. And the satisfaction I gained from teaching MK has convinced me that this is what the Lord had for me. I think the fact that my teaching job and my extracurricular ministries seemed so fulfilling to me made it easier for me to accept my singleness. I'm not sure how to say it, but I think part of me feared the thought of marriage, like I might be disappointed or be a disappointment to someone. Better to be single than unhappily married. I guess on the whole, I felt I had found my niche. There were times I found it hard to make decisions, and at times I'd questioned my own choices. What helped me was having a very supportive family, and for the most part, I was surrounded by people who were good for me, and accepted me for who I was. I never considered myself an emotionally strong person. The credit goes to the Lord. It is by His grace that I found contentment in my singleness and in what I was doing. I remember times when I would go to bed with doubts in my mind, and I'd ask the Lord for peace and a sense of assurance. Almost invariably, within the next day or two, some little, or big, God thing would happen, something I would take as his reassurance. Loneliness hasn't been my biggest handicap. I'm not much of a socializer, I guess. I have a tendency to withdraw from social settings, and then have no one but myself to blame if self-pity takes over. Having a supportive family is a big help, even just knowing they are there. I also need and enjoy having friends, but also need and enjoy the quietness of my own home. The challenge is finding a healthy balance. I find listening to devotional speakers very therapeutic. In the jungle, I found my shortwave radio to be a huge blessing. I was very thankful to have access to both Trans World Radio and HCJB Radio. They sure helped to keep my loneliness at bay. Here at home, it is YouTube and internet radio, and often playing solitaire or scrabble online while listening, and in summertime, gardening does it for me too. Being single gives me the liberty to do impromptu things, like joining a friend for coffee or giving someone a ride, paying short visits to lonely seniors, or running an errand for someone on the spur of the moment can be very rewarding. As a single, one is more at liberty to invite someone over whenever. I'm sure the world did not seem as scary when I was in my 20s as it does for a young single gal today. One could call it naive, but back then I did things alone I would not advise young single gals to do today. Life just seems more complicated now. With social media and the internet at everyone's fingertips, it opens up a world of influence that I think are hard for young people to sort out. I think in my days, we were more sheltered and less exposed to immorality and corruption type stuff than young folks these days. I would encourage young single women to seek out spiritually strong, trustworthy girlfriends, even a few older ones who are willing to hear you out and give advice and pray with you when you need it. I hear of older women mentoring younger women, which I think is tremendous, something we all need. I think Bible school or other sound doctrinal training is important to help build spiritual confidence. 
and also your value as a woman of faith. Being part of a good youth group or young adult group and participating in outreach opportunities can be faith-building, eye-opening, and rewarding. For myself, I found it was only when I started teaching Bible classes that I gained a new appreciation for the story of the Bible, not just Bible stories and Bible information. Remember, God made you. He made you beautiful and he made you for a purpose. Trust him to continue to make you into the precious woman he wants you to be. Read Psalm 139 once in a while and Philippians 1 verse 6 and also the last three verses of Romans chapter 8. All right, Gerilyn has myself back again. Old Bait is written and produced by Gerilyn Witchers. If you enjoy the show, you're very welcome to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Old Maid Pod. Old Maid's website is oldmaidpodcast.com. See you next week.